I have finally managed to run out of wine. Which, considering you accepted the delivery on Wednesday, is quite the achievement. <laughs> Shut up. Hello, you're listening to Brazil Nuts, an insane journey through the world of Brazilian politics, with your host, Larissa Peixoto, political scientist, and Gareth Davis, the man who invented the term, what's up? Coming up on this episode, it's our new feature, this state of your nuts, where Larissa takes a deep dive into the history of a Brazilian state. Please remember to rate and review us wherever you rate and review things. Maybe even get creative with it, possibly take some chalk, and draw five stars on the pavement. And then underneath that five stars says, this is how I rate Brazil Nuts podcast that I listen to. You would probably like it as well. Carry a boombox with you. Uh, and then, like, put on some great beats. Jurassic 5 are really good for that kind of thing. Like, Concrete Schoolyard? Banger. Absolute banger. For when you're, when you're doing your chalk pavement drawings. Okay, bye-bye. Did you hear the thing about the N-word on the BBC and the entire kind of fallout of that? No. Right. Okay. Oh, boy. So... There was a report for, I believe it was BBC Points West, which is uh, the regional news programme for Somerset, Gloucester, that kind of area. Okay. And during a report, a lady named Fiona uh, Limblum. Is that her actual name or did you forget? And when Blublum? No, her name is Fiona Limblum. It's just, I've only ever seen it written down, so I don't know how to pronounce it. Anyway, <laughs> Fiona Limblum, who's very white couldn't possibly be whiter, went on the show and was reporting about what essentially was a hit and run on a black man. That was, as they described it, racially motivated. It was a racially motivated attack. Anyway, they go through this whole newscast and then at the end of the report, she says that as the perpetrators were speeding away from the scene of the crime, they hurled out racist abuse. And she said, some viewers may find this offensive, but they called him an N-word. Except she didn't say N-word, she dropped the N-word. Like a sack of shit. So, this caused a massive backlash. Uh, Apparently 18,000 complaints were sent to the BBC about it. Guess what the BBC didn't do? Anything of actual in- impact? I'll tell you what they didn't do. They didn't apologize okay, for it yeah. in any way, shape, or form. In fact, they stuck their necks out and defended it. They were, It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Because we spoke to the victim's family. And they were fine with it. They were cool with it, dude. Uh. So we were like, bro, bro, we've got to. We've absolutely got to say this at six o'clock in the evening on local television. It's it's awful. Anyway, eventually, after one of their own employees, a guy called Sidman, which I don't think is his real name, 
who hosts a show on BBC Radio 1 Extra, which is the loudest and most confusing of the youth (laughs) radio stations. Uh, He quit his job in what was an absolutely beautiful and eloquent speech about why this is wrong and why he can't abide it. And then after that, eventually the BBC went, ah, yeah, you you know what we've done here. Made a bit of an error. (laughs) You know, so we're really sorry about that. Were they sorry about the bit of an error of not apologising? Or the bit of an error of saying the N-word at all? Well, they were they were quite apologetic about both, I think. Honestly. They were they, they went, Well, we, we probably shouldn't have let that let, let that through. And then we also probably should have when we let it through, gone oops. Yeah. Was it a live broadcast? No, 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 this is pre recorded. Jesus Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Did did she say it by accident? No, because no, it was this, in is a in, this is in the voiceover for the report. So you know how they do news reports where they show, yeah, yeah, whatever, say yeah. the street where it happened, and then the reporter does a voiceover going, and this is where the horrible incident happened. I spoke to a local yeah. neighbor, and they said, "Ah, he got it with a car." Right? That's the yeah. that's the bit that they showed it in. That is so premeditated. My God, that is horrifying. Mm-hmm. And then they re-victimize the, the victim by asking them, oh, was it okay to be called that after you were, you know, hit with your car? I mean, hit with a car mm-hmm. and left for mm-hmm. dead? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they did check with the family. The family were, were fine with them reporting it. Oh, yeah, that is not re-victimizing them at all. No, no, exactly. I, I, I don't want this to turn into a lynch mob for the reporter, though, because, like, BBC local reporters are really, they have a dog's life. They genuinely do. My favourite local reporter for the BBC is a guy called Matthew Richards, who does, right, here's the thing. He is the Mid and North Wales correspondent for BBC Wales Today, which is the local Wales news broadcast, right? Okay. Yeah. Thing is, once you get further north in Wales than Newport, right, it's a bit like entering a world of Mad Max combined with Bargain Hunt. <laughs> in the sense that it's weird and a little bit scary, but nothing much happens at all <laughs> in any way, shape or form. So, Matthew Richards is continuously sent on the worst assignments you can possibly imagine. He once, I swear to God this is true, he once interviewed a cow with tuberculosis. Oh, that's no. That's where he Poor is. Guy. At one point, there was an accident hotspot, a uh, really stupidly busy road, and they had him do a report, not from next to the road, but on in the middle of the road itself, as no. cars whooshed past him. But in the, the but the UK is so concerned with like safety standards. Not if your name is Matthew fucking Richards, it isn't. <laughs> At another point, also genuinely true, we were experiencing gale force winds of up to like three hundred or however high gale force winds go. I'm not a, a weather expert, <laughs> and. Instead of doing a report which would have made sense, where he was, like, inside and just going, look, out there, look, you can see. Yeah. 
sheep being taken away in tornadoes. <laughs> right. Rather than just do that, yeah, they had him stand on the edge of a cliff while reporting no. and things are just flying past his head. Yes. Matthew Richards is genuinely the <laughs> dog's body of British news. And I love him. No, local news reporters do do a lot of grunt work. We do see that, I think, in every country, especially larger countries. You see them in the United States in hurricanes and all that sort of exterior shots of storms and all that stuff. Here you see the same thing, not with hurricanes, because, I mean, we just started getting those. It's not fun. Not hurricanes, mm. but really strong winds. Cyclones. Cyclones. And, you know, I would say that if it was a voiceover thing, maybe she voiced concerns and they forced her to do it anyway at the price of losing her job. But you do look, you have to look at the perspective of somebody actually quit their job because this happened and the BBC didn't do anything about it. So, yeah. So there's always a choice. So, you know... We see this a lot in academia when it comes to who you're hiring and who you're putting on a panel and all that kind of stuff. And we always say, you always have a choice. And people just create, oh, no, but we didn't have a choice. We had to do it this way. No, you you do have a choice. You can speak up and you cannot do the thing. She didn't make a choice. She is not to blame for structural racism, but at some point, she could have said, no, I am not going to read this. You get somebody right. else to do it. You can fire me, but I am not going to say this word. I also want to put this in context as well in relation to what happened to Brian Blessed. Do you know who Brian Blessed is? No. Have you ever seen Flash Gordon? No, but I know of it. I know the so the Queen soundtrack. Right, okay. Do you know the man who on the on the song Flash? Ah, uh, yeah, that one. Do you know the one who goes Gordon's alive? Yes, that's Brian Blessed. Okay, Brian Blessed is a gigantic man with a big full beard who likes shouting a lot. That's okay. his thing. Okay, that's his acting style. I wish I could do a Brian Blessed impression, but I can't. But he's but he basically he went on to a TV show called Lorraine, which is one of these daytime TV chat shows. Okay. And he was being interviewed via Skype or something or so on. And they started talking to him about what he was up to and so on. So other guys said, I'm not doing much at all. I'm just sitting here with my feet up because of this lockdown, blah, 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 blah. And then he, he says that he wants coronavirus to, and I quote, bugger off. Right? That's what he said. He just said that. And this was about 10 o'clock in the morning on national television, you know, okay. dropping it. Dropping the B word. Is that a bad word? Yeah. I didn't know that. Banned before the watershed. Oh, live and learn. I didn't know you couldn't say bugger off. Well, you can't, you can't, if you, if, without causing... A fuss. A massive flap, and for immediately the presenter to apologize, and then for somebody else to come on later on the show and apologize for his language. So... Realistically, this is my, my point is this. Realistically, if the news report had contained anything along the lines that could be considered a, a curse word, yeah, it would not have been broadcast at all. 
But apparently, if it's a racial slur that's so offensive that it can cause 18,000 complaints to swoop into the BBC, then it's absolutely fine, and we'll pass the ball. And get somebody who works for the BBC, one of the largest media conglomerates in the world, to quit... Exactly. Their job in the middle of a pandemic. So, you know, one of the hardest jobs to get, which is in media or, you know, radio, and in the middle of a pandemic, somebody willingly quits their job. And the thing about the reporter is that one thing that we've talked about, and there's a movement of in academia, is getting white men to not participate in manals. So all male panels, and all white panels. So get white people, men and women, to not participate in a panel that is all white people. If you're a guy and you're invited to a panel and you see that it's only men, you say, no, thank you. Give my position to a woman. I suggest these. You can say no. You can say I'm not doing this. There are moments where you can do that. And she had that opportunity and she didn't do it. So while the BBC and the producer and the editor and structural racism are way more to blame, I blame her too. She gets some of the blame too. I would rather believe the Fiona Blim Blim. The good in people? I would rather believe the good in people and I would rather believe... Aww. I would rather believe that Fiona Blim Blim had no choice in the matter... So, can we do the episode? Yes. What do you want to talk about today? We were discussing what to talk about this week, and we came up with the idea of doing a new series for Nut of Knowledge. So, Nut of Knowledge, know your states. And this is kind of my apology to the state of Acre for not knowing when it was bought. Mm-hmm. How much how much hate mail did you get from the state of Acre, by the uh, way? Oh, so much. Like, none at all. <laughs> yeah, nobody cared. Right. <laughs> Apparently. Okay. I did not check uh, how many Brazilian people actually listened to those episodes. Mm-hmm. It is, like, the second group that listens to our episode in numbers. So first is people from the United States, and then it's people from Brazil, and then it's people from the UK. Do you hear that, UK? I just I just want to point this out, that you are letting the side down very badly at this point. <laughs> and you all should be ashamed of yourselves. You're getting you're getting beaten here by United States. The United States, for God's by sake. The colony. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> This also comes from the whole, you know, things foreigners know about Brazil and things that they don't know about Brazil. So I think this is a good way of me knowing more about Brazilian history and everybody knowing more about Brazil, right? Yeah, no, sure. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of the point of the entire podcast. Exactly. Yeah. So... And also good because we begin alphabetically. Acre is the first one alphabetically, even though it's mm-hmm. the last state to join. Exactly, and also the one you most recently offended. So yes, uh, that's worked out perfectly for us, really. Yeah. So Acre is in the northern region of Brazil. Yeah. Northwest. No. Oh. Well, Brazil has five regions. So you have north, northeast, midwest, 
southeast and south. Ah, okay. I thought you meant geographically in regards to the rest of Brazil. It would oh, be. Oh no, no, no! I just meant like the region where it is. Okay, so the, we're not going to talk about the fact that Brazilian regions don't make sense. Then, in that case, they totally make sense. There's no northwest. No. How does that make sense? How does it not? Well, think about it like this: uh, Brazil was first colonized over the coastal lines, right? So right. Uh, colonizers came through the northeast and then south, and mm -hmm. then they went north. Mm-hmm. So it just felt north-ish. It didn't feel like they were going west. It felt like they were going up. Right, but you do understand. That Brazil is a is a body of land. Yes. Right. Yes. That has a center. It's also yeah. called Midwest and not you know Midwest. No, wait. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I've never really considered that. Yes, it's Midwest and Southeast. It no, yeah. What I meant to say is there's no Mid East. It's southeast because it's south of northeast. So these were the first e regions to be colonized. But you can't have a middle and then have nothing the other side of the middle. That doesn't you make can, sense because of the shape no. of Brazil. The shape of Brazil is large on top and thin on the bottom. I mean, I think you'll find that that's also the shape of me. That's beside the point. <laughs> it is. You know, westish of the north. Dude, dude, dude! This is this is a mess. No, it's it's not a mess because if I'm not mistaken, the time zone for Acre is the only yeah, it's the only that's different from the rest of the country. Acre has a different time zone. Right, right, okay, okay, and yet therefore it's still part of the north as opposed to being. Northwest, so you could legitimately call Acre in the northwest based on time zones alone, and you don't. Most of Brazil is in Brasilia time, which is minus three from Greenwich. Acre is minus five from Greenwich. Right. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, and yet, still, it's not enough to classify it as northwest. I just want no. to point that out. To okay, be fine. to be fair, traveling yeah. within Brazil kind of difficult, kind of pricey, especially for a single gal. Brazil doesn't have doesn't have a lot of hostels or options for single people traveling, so mm -hmm. it gets really expensive to get a hotel room for yourself. So I've never been to the north of Brazil or the south of Brazil. So I'm just. You know, I don't have any experience going north or south of Brazil. I've been to the Midwest, but pretty much Brasilia. And I've been to uh, some northeastern cities. It's fine. I'll get over it. It's fine. I will get over it. It's fine. I just want to... Oh, my I ju God. I just want... I just want someone else to tell me, you're right, it doesn't make sense. And then I'll move on. I promise you I'll move on. But that's all I want. Dude. You have places in the UK called Leicester, but I'm supposed to pronounce it Leicester. So why does my thing not make sense and your thing does? Because... Gloucester instead of Gloucester. 
That makes no sense. Because Leicester is in the Midlands, which is in the middle of the land. That's why it's called the Midlands. Zero sense. Anyway, we are so off topic right now. Nobody cares about this. Well, I care about it. Nobody cares that you care. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm very hurt by this. (laughs) So much pain in his little heart, in his little ginger Welsh heart. So, the capital of Acre is called Rio Branco, which makes sense because the guy who essentially uh, bought Acre for Brazil was the baron of Rio Branco. So, the population of Acre is one of the smallest of Brazil, and it's close to 800,000 in the whole state. So the population density is about five people per kilometer squared. Its human development index is 0.663, which is the 21st in the whole country of 26 states and one federal district. So it's not great. It is the 16th in size with 164,000 kilometers squared. It has 14 billion reais in GDP, coming second to last in the whole country. And per capita, it's the 22nd. So the population is 23% white, 5.7% black, 67% brown, 2% yellow, as we have discussed. That is how it's laid out in the census. I know that in English it sounds bad. We have to find a better way of describing that. If an, I understand that it's an official term, but I would much rather yeah. just on this, on the, for this podcast alone, just say something like, "Okay, two percent Asian, North Asian descent," because it doesn't include go. South Asian. That is the problem with brown. That some people mention. Brown just means mixed race. And, and as I've mentioned this in other podcasts, the self-declaration of your skin color is based on your life experience. So it's based on how you feel and how you perceive yourself. So it's not necessarily based on ethnicity or culture. So if you are somebody who has South Asian descent who lives in Brazil, who knows how you identify? It definitely depends on where you live. Your social status, how wealthy you are. And yeah, if you are mixed race. Mm-hmm. So that is the issue here. And you have an indigenous population is 2.1%, which seems small, but it, it comes in fourth. I would imagine that was... Yeah, I would imagine that would be huge compared to the rest of It Brazil. is. It's the fourth largest indigenous population in the country. Yeah. So it is huge, actually. Mm -hmm. So it has 15 ethnicities plus three populations that have never been contacted. 34 indigenous lands demarcated, which makes it one of the states that has most, most of the indigenous lands that have been demarcated in the country. Mm -hmm. And that means that 
8% of its territory is indigenous lands. So as we mentioned in our previous episode, uh, large landowners are the scariest thing in Brazil. That is why they want these lands. Because these mm. lands, uh, one thing that has been discussed a lot when it comes to preservation of natural wood environments, natural forest environments, is keeping these indigenous lands because they just survive on the forest. Um, they do have, of course, technology and they have some of the stuff that we do, but they just generally keep it as is instead of allowing a lot of construction to happen. So part of preserving our environment is keeping these indigenous lands safe. So the name of the state comes from the river Akri, which in an indigenous language comes from Akiri, which means river of the alligators. I'm not, it's not alligators. What? Crocodiles. No, then it is alligators. Crocodiles are the other one. Hang on, wait, what's the, what's the difference? There are two types. One is alligator, one is crocodiles. We don't have crocodiles, we have alligators. But when, right, I, when okay. I translate them, I usually mess them up. Right, okay. So what you have are the ones with the th- snout rather the, than the... The smaller ones. Yeah, alligators aren't that small. Fine, but they're smaller than crocodiles. I mean, you tell that to the citizens of New York who are scared to go into their sewers at night. We don't have the ones that they have in Australia. Currently it has 18,682 COVID cases. 434 deaths, 578 of these cases are indigenous. Uh, All of the deaths are in the capital of Rio Branco, including the 11 deaths that are of indigenous people. So I'm highlighting the indigenous cases because that has been a problem uh, that, you know, Bolsonaro has been ignoring even more. So the thing that I got wrong before and that I apparently knew very little about, not apparently, obviously knew very little about, was the purchase of Acre. I, 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 I can probably fill you in on this a little bit. <laughs> you know, considering as, uh, as, as you do know very little about it. Not anymore. Well, it turns out that Acre used to belong to Bolivia. Used okay. to be part of Bolivia. Okay. And it was then purchased... By Brazil. Okay. For how much? That's a very good question. I'm glad you asked how much that was purchased for. I I think it's very important that we know uh-huh. how 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 that was how that was purchased and how much for. Uh-huh. So Acre, you'll be pleased to know. Shit. Acre uh Oh God! It's because it's spelt like acre. It's spelt like acre. How is that? Yes. How have we not mentioned this? <laughs> I didn't think I had to. No. So its capital and largest city is Rio Branco. The what I've said already. I know. I know. I know. I'm just hammering home the points that no, you've already made. No, you're googling it right now. <laughs> what not? No, 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 no. All the no. stuff I've prepped. You're googling right now. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No. So, it was purchased for... Go on. Some money. 
Ah. Yeah. That's specific. Yes, it is. You're welcome, by the way. Anyway, thank you for listening. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the show. Acre used to belong to Bolivia, but it is far from La Paz, and it is hard to get to from the Bolivian, what Bolivia is today. It's much easier to come from what Brazil is today. So Brazilians, Brazilian colonists and Portuguese colonists started to find rubber, natural rubber, in the northern region and started advancing westward. And that's when they started colonizing Acre because of what we call of the, the cycle of rubber. So we started exporting that. And eventually, because of a coup that happened in Bolivia and the guy who lost the office fled to what, what is now Acre, they figured out that Brazilians were occupying this piece of land. And they were like, dudes, no, this is ours. And Brazilians were like, well, we're using it. You guys weren't. And, you know, possession and all. So now we want it. And we've taken it. And then the Bolivians were like, no. And then the Brazilians were like, yeah, and we'll fight you for it. And then the Bolivians were like, oh, crap. But then they went to the United States and said, could you help us? Because we got this treaty that if Brazil would threaten us, you guys would help us. And then the United States said, the United States said, okay, sure. But then Brazil went to the UK and said, could you buy the United States out of that deal? And the UK did. And so the Bolivians were again threatened by the Brazilian military. And that's when the Baron Rio Branco came in. And I'm really making this way simpler. There was a time when the central government of Brazil did not care to come into this battle. They were just leaving the colonists and the government of Amazonas, which is another Brazilian state, to fend for themselves and figure this out. But at some point in the beginning of the 1900s, uh, which is the beginning of the Republic, the president, Rodrigues Alves, became interested in this. And that's when this kind of unfolded. So the Baron of Rio Branco, who is the guy who kind of came up with the entire Brazilian foreign policy, which we used to use until Bolsonaro became president, he sort of created this deal. Like, yeah, if you don't do what we're telling you to do, which is sell us this land, we will fight you for it, but maybe you should sell it to us and we'll pay you two million pounds. Oh, so uh, in answer to your question, (laughs) how much was it bought for? The answer is two million pounds? Yeah. Okay. Which now would be about a billion dollars. Yeah, it roughly works out as uh, uh, taking into inflation into account and so on about a billion dollars. So what became urban legend about this deal? Yeah, I'm completely ignoring you trying to pretend like you knew this. I did know this. You did not know I, this. I was, ju- I, was just, I was just wondering if you knew this. Uh-huh, sure. Think, yeah. What yeah. became urban legend about this is that Brazil bought Acre from Bolivia with a couple of horses that were given to the Bolivian president. Now, the horses were given, 
but we actually paid two million pounds, the equivalent of a billion dollars today mm-hmm. for yeah. this. Now, there were, of course, many other things that happened. Uh, one interesting fact is that 60% of the rubber was extracted from the area that is Acre. So, what? yeah, the rubber cycle is really Im- an important part of Brazilian history, and it's really interesting. And it's called... The rubber cycle? Okay. That, coincidentally, is also uh, the name of the worst BDSM group I've ever been a part of. (laughs) And it's really relevant and a key feature in most of the development in the northern states of Brazil. It was mainly how that area was colonized, and it was really rich for a while. It was really affluent, and there were amazing there's an opera house in Manaus that is gorgeous so there's a lot of amazing architecture that is going on in these areas that is definitely worth visiting and that I want to go to one day so there was a lot of revolts happening there were the Republic of Acre was declared three times before everything was settled so it was a really when you say the Republic of Acre was declared three times as in they tried to claim independence kind of yeah from both bolivia and brazil or oh well, not necessarily from brazil but they were trying to sort of stake their claim as this is not you know this is not a land that is bolivian we are the owners of this patch of land and so eventually in 1903 this deal was made Part of it was also some Brazilian territories in the state of Mato Grosso went to Bolivia. It's also relevant to know that Bolivia was salty from losing some sea access to Chile. So that had just happened. And so in 1903, Acre became a territory. And it only in 1962 was it financially independent enough to become a state. Now, this is relevant because Brazil is a federalist country. So each federal federal entity has to be kind of autonomous. And for a while, that was a real big deal in the sense that, you know, states had their own armies. They really were almost completely autonomous and actually fought against the central government. That doesn't happen anymore. There's very little autonomy in comparison to those days. But if we didn't have a federalist government and some level of autonomy, Bolsonaro would be able, for instance, to declare that COVID is not a thing and we'd have no lockdown measures at all. Anywhere. Because, yeah, anywhere. Because mayors and governors have the power to declare them on their own. They can completely ignore Bolsonaro because this is a federalist country. So, yeah, that is the story of how Acre became a state. I did not learn any of that in school, any of it. So, but yeah, so there's a little bit about Acre there and how it became a state. So, just to make sure, just so we're both aware of this, though, Acre, which is spelled Acre, (laughs) was bought for 
two million pounds yeah. from Bolivia yeah. has a history of revolting and declaring itself independent. Oh, kind of, yeah. And you just offhandedly dismissing their entire history. I didn't. So it is weird because I, I could say, oh, my education was focused on the history of my state. But it also wasn't. So I have some history on my state, but not a lot. So there was very little focus on the details of Brazilian history, especially from that time. And, you know, colonization and especially that period of expansion. So after the very beginning of colonization, but during that, the beginning of the Republic and a little bit before independence. So that time just, it, it really a blank. We really didn't have that. However, I had World War II for four years. So, and none of Brazilian participation in that. We didn't learn any of that. So it's just a weird curriculum that we have here that just does not prioritize us knowing about ourselves. And this is not about nationalism. This is about identity and just knowing where we come from and how we came to be. I mean, that's how we end up in situations like the ones we are now, is by not knowing our history. So, yeah, I think this is going to be a cool series. I agree. I agree. Why not? And we'll see who else we can offend along the way. Would you shush? (laughs) Do you have any further questions? I do not. No, no. I think you. I think you summed it up pretty well. There. I mean, you know. I mean, you hit on all the major points I would have hit on, so that's fine. You did leave some stuff out, but that, that's okay. Like what? What did I leave out? Ah, it takes too long to get into. Anyway, thank you for listening. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Yes, with we will. Some other topic. Yes, we will. Oh, I should probably tell you. Yeah. Actually, the story of when Wales became a country. Oh, that would be cool for next week. We can do a Welsh Nuts. We haven't done that in a while. Story of my life. Dude! What? What? I'm trying to keep this thing PG. Thank you all for listening. We will come back next week. And eventually we will do... The state of Amapa, which is the next one, alphabetically. Yeah, cool. Cool. Okay, thank you, everyone. Stay home, stay safe, and talk to you next week. Indeed. And also, as well, remember to uh, check us out wherever you check out your reviewing and rating pod, social media things. I don't... You know what the drill is. Just go and do your thing with us and follow and like and subscribe and... All that jazz. Where we at? At Brazil Nuts Pod. Damn right we are. Everywhere. That's where we are. And uh, we will see you real soon. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. You can't hide your judging eyes. I don't think any of this should make it into the podcast.
presume that's is an effort by Larissa Pichotto and Garrett Davis. We'd like to thank Foster Zielinski for our graphic design. We'd also like to thank the essential workers for keeping us safe. And you, our listeners. We couldn't do anything like this without you guys. And your continued support means the world to us. And much like that great philosopher Phil Collins would say, we are two hearts beating as one, but we're beating with our love for you. Yeah. Okay, thank you for listening. So I also bought a bunch of appliances for the house, small things like a a kettle, which we didn't have because it's not common to have kettles in Brazil. But I really, which is insane. But there no, we go. it's not. But that is insane. How do you is, drink tea? We don't. We drink coffee. This is Brazil. Right. But well, the, 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 your country is wrong. I'm dude, sorry. It's wrong, dude. What? Check the xenophobia, dude. No, no, I will not check my xena warrior princess. <laughs>